When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to preview this coming Saturday's home clash with Barnsley at Sixfields. Joining me this week to help me do just that is Ian Hope from the Reds Report blog and podcast. How are you doing, Ian? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting us on. You're good. All good. It's been a long, it's been like 20 years. I didn't realise this until um, earlier. It's been 20 years since a league game between us. So <laughs> good to have you on. We'll come come back to it in a minute, but... Um, in terms of becoming a Barnsley fan, how did you get into becoming a Barnsley fan? Tell us a little bit about your time supporting the club for a little bit. Um, it was um, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so kind of backstory is um, we kind of um, ended up sort of um, meeting quite a few people over there. And we um, our children were born over there. And I kind of, although we live over in the northwest, um, I always kind of, when, when my boys were growing up and stuff, and we always had a real attachment to the town. And uh, I always kind of said to them when they were like going to school, you know, um, most people were following the Liverpool's, City's, United's kind of stuff. And I said, you know, need to keep going back to Barnsley and remember where, you know, where you're from and all that kind of stuff. And they got into the football and attacking them and uh, it's kind of grown from there really. So we had a bit of an attachment to the town it was over there boys and the boys were born there. So it's kind of grown from there really. So now my youngest come, comes, I, I take him now um, and we get a few away games in and get, get a few home games in as well. So uh, yeah, probably since about 2000. Okay, so you, you've just missed the Premier League year, the one season you're in, the yeah, Premier League just yeah, after that. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was what was it, ninety seven, ninety eight? You ninety seven, yeah, yeah, this yeah, one season yeah, up there. So you well, uh, ninety seven got promoted, yeah, ninety eight yeah. season, yeah. Yeah, so one season up there, glory days. Um, yeah. So you would have been in what's now the Championship <laughs> when you started going. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, nice. And when it comes to Northampton, um, I guess there's not been a massive amount of memories for you over the time, but any kind of standout moments no. against us or involving us? I mean, since then, what, there's only been 
two league meetings and then an FA Cup and a League Cup, mate. So there's not a lot to go off, really. No, no, it's been um, quite sparse, really, hasn't it, in that respect? Um, Yeah, there's there's been a a sort of a few kind of teams that we've we've come up against recently. I think uh, I think Exeter last season. It's some many years since we'd gone gone down there and played them in a league game. So and yourselves now, it's kind of come around. so yeah, no real, not not really anything jumping out at me. Barnsley wise, I remember um, I um, I used to work in Oldham uh, for a long time, and a lot of friends were Oldham fans. And I particularly remember, I think they drew with you last game of the season a couple of years ago and got relegated to League Two. Yeah. yeah. So I always kind of remember that. Quite a few of my friends went down to that, and uh, they saw Oldham get relegated. So I, I kind of obviously know you as a football club, a historic football club, but not so much the um, traditions of us meeting each other regularly and and games and stuff. Yeah, as I said, there's only there's only been those two league games, two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. The last league game we were involved with was was just at the end of what um, our fans will know, the Kevin Broadhurst era, and just before Terry Fennick took over for seven games. So that was kind of like the last win before <laughs> it all went completely south in 2003 um, with all that going right. on. Um, since then, FA Cup 2004, we've won 1-0 at six fields. Scott McLeish with a goal. We've gone on to play, um, I think was that that possibly was the season... After we played Man United in the next in a, a future round, um, but then there's another game, the EFL Cup 2016. We've won two one at Oakwell in extra time, but, but yeah, apart from that, it's been it's been missing from the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> trip to Barnsley or yeah. or you coming here, um, so a lot's gone on since then. You've been up and down between right. League One and the Championship, having some really good times, really good sort of elongated times in the Championship as well. Seven or eight seasons at one point. Um, what would you say, having seen both? Obviously, we've not been up there for years, not in my lifetime. We've not been up to the Championship level. What would you say the main sort of differences between League One and the Championship? How much of a step up actually is it? Um. I, I still think League One is is a challenge. I still I still think you can go anywhere on the day and get beat. Um, the Championship is br- I just find it brutal. Mm. If, if truth be known, you look at you look at some sides and the, the physicality. Like, I, I used to look at teams used to come like Cardiff's and the Prestons. Um, not teams that kind of flitted around maybe top 10, top 12, but they were big, they were strong. They knew how to get so many points a season. Mm. And and that's irrespective of your, your teams that were coming down from the Premier League who were too strong for the Championship, like your Bournemouth, your Fulham's, you know, yo-yo in between those two divisions. But the, the, there's just a, a, a big nucleus of Millwall, Blackburn. There's a number of sides that, you know, they just know how to get 60 Sixty odd, seventy points in that division, and they're so difficult to to play against. And they know how how to survive in that league, mm. and um, it can it can very easily chew you up and spit you out. It can be. I find it sometimes in League One, uh, um, and and Barnsley have very much been sometimes too too good for League One sometimes, and not good enough for the Championship. Mm. Kind of yo yoing. And you can you can put a run together in League One. We've we've just seen it. I know we lost up against Portsmouth last night, but we've seen it where we went we went um, three league games on uh, on the bounce and put a run together and didn't concede a goal. Um, but you struggled to do that in the Championship. You really struggled to kind of um, 
to, you know, to, to to get some runs to get. It's, it's just a bit. It's a bit of a monster, really, as a division. You know, you can. It's relentless. You can. You, there's not many games that you think we might get three. You know, good chance of getting three points here. Whereas in League One, you know, again, no disrespect to, to the likes of when we played like the likes of Accrington or Markham or teams like that that will come and might only bring say 250 fans. And at home, you're expected to win those games, and you mm. generally do. And you can get a bit of head of steam up. Mm. Um, and go into games against a Derby or um, a Peterborough or a Portsmouth in good form, but in the Championship, you could be going playing at home to a team who brings three, four, five thousand to your place. Then you're going away to someone who's got twenty five, thirty thousand, and every game is just so difficult. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a tough tough league to to get in and stay in. And the, and the team that are bringing sort of three or four, five thousand could be bottom of the league still, couldn't they? In, in the championship, I'm yeah, imagining absolutely. it's like yeah, they, yeah, they could yeah. bring that much and create that much of an atmosphere, and it becomes difficult, like you say, every single week. It does, yeah, it does, yeah. It's uh, it's not just your local derbies. It's it you know there's some massive teams in in those divisions who have huge followings, and it's difficult to go to their place and get results. But then equally, when they come to, to your place, they, they come in numbers and generate an atmosphere and they're, they're, they're good players as well. There's some. I, mean, I remember, um, you know, you'd, you'd see team. I remember like Preston coming and, you know, I mean, Scott's in, the likes of Scott Sinclair had come down from Celtic and still a decent quality player at the time. And some of these squads were boasting real players who played in the championship year after year and just know how to manage it and survive it. And then also some who'd come down from the Premier League who were still very, very good footballers. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult to, um, to survive in those leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, as early or as kind of recent as 2021, you, know, you were involved in the playoffs in the championship. So a couple of games from making it back into the Premier League. How, how realistic was that at the time yeah. in 2021? It's, it's, it's just coming back yeah. from lockdown, I think, isn't it, at that point? So there's, there's limited yeah. fans, but you, you get that you, you make your way to the, to the championship playoff semifinals, narrowly lose to Swansea, who then get beat by Brentford. And yeah. we know the story from there, but just how close did that feel at the time? It, it was really close, to be fair, because yeah, you, you're right. There was there was the only thing. The first time fans were allowed back at Oakwell was for the semi final um, right. against Swansea. Now there was only a limited amount. I think something like seven thousand were allowed in at the time, and so all that season they, it was behind closed doors in in effect. Um, but under Valerian Ismail, who's at Watford now, um, mm. he just. I mean, we had a we had a good squad. We had Carly Woodrow up front. Um, we got Daryl DK on loan. We had old Alex Mowat in midfield. You know, we had players who are now playing high championship or in the Premier League now. But he just seemed to have a style and they worked for him. So they pressed constantly and we were very, very hard to beat. Um, we benefited from the, I think, the five subs rule that come in. Uh, he used that very well. But we we were very, very difficult to beat. And uh, we, we went on a great, great run. And... Um, we just don't have a good record against Swansea. That's one of the sides that we don't <laughs> tend to do very well against, especially at their place. And um, and it was it was two close uh, semi-finals. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We were as a squad, we were never prepared for the Premier League. But um, a little bit of lady luck here and there. We, you know, we could have ended up in the final. But um, yeah, we went. We we um, we had a great uh, season uh, that season under Ismail, and nobody expected it to be that good. It just 
clicked. But unfortunately, as we find kind of with Barnsley is if our manager or some of our players really do well and get the spotlight, they're gone. They're gone in no time. Somebody comes that 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 summer after that, West Brom came in, took Ishmael, took our caretaker, took our um one of the backroom staff took Alex Mowat. <laughs> they, t- they, t- they put top players and the whole management squad, and there's nothing you can do about it because yeah. they, they come and pay the <clears throat> pay the money, don't they? Yeah, I mean we've experienced it a lot in League League One. Whenever we go up to League One, it it always seems to be the same sort of story. Thankfully, this time it hasn't been, but it's a similar kind of story of if that, that success just breeds interest in your players and your management time and time and time yeah. again. And I guess for you at that level is a kind of equivalent to us at League One level is that players and managers are going to go aren't they if, if like the smallest hint and I guess yeah. you would have had to go up in those playoffs to keep hold of everyone and it just just so happened yeah. that you just got yeah, edged out absolutely. and it's unfortunate um, and the year year and, after and, 24th and just everything falling apart yeah I'm, I mean just jump jumping ahead really the last summer that's just gone we've we've had the same situation with Michael Duff going and a number mm. of players Mads Anderson going to Luton and a number of players so it's 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 just happened all over again but yeah the the year after um the club made some poor decisions in terms of management recruitment we got an Austrian called Marcus Shopping um who was a disaster uh, had gone by about October November his replacement was not much better um the, we lost all the better players, uh, the the new ones that come in. It, it just it was just an absolute disaster. So embarrassing was it that Derby County, who'd had a twenty one point deduction by the EFL, also came down but finished much more higher than above us. Yeah. You know, so so to be relegated and finish below a team who had minus twenty one points docked was quite a, a pitiful season. Really, I think we only won six games all year, and it, so it was we'd gone from like dreaming to an absolute disaster the year before and it's still kind of uh, a bit of a bitter pill sometimes. Yeah, so let's say Michael Duff comes in, first sign of real stability, I guess, after all those failed mm-hmm. managers for short-term deals, and or not short-term deals, short-term, yeah. <laughs> you know, short-term yeah. um, history with you that just didn't work out. Michael Duff comes in, who's done fantastic work at Cheltenham, really good guy from good football, footballing guy from what, from what it seems, from what our experiences of playing against his sides were, um, took you to the playoff semi-final, oh, sorry, the playoff final, sorry, um, mm-hmm. to Sheffield Wednesday. It all looks like even if you're, you're losing that game as you did, it, it still seems like there's a bit of momentum behind you. And Michael Duff's kind of a good, it seemed like a good long-term appointment. Um, firstly on that final against Sheffield Wednesday, after what they did, gloriously to Peterborough I have to say <laughs> we're still milking it now um, did it almost feel inevitable at Wembley that they were just going to go through and yeah finish the it, job? It, it, it did because we'd beaten them home and away in the league so you just knew what was coming didn't you after what they did to Peterborough you kind of think to yourself oh the footballing gods are on their side um, and like I said we'd won 2-0 at Hillsborough and pretty much outthought them and outfought them that that game. And then we beat them 4-2 in front of the Sky cameras later on in the season to stop there. I think they, they'd gone something like 20-odd games or something. This great run they'd gone on. And we were mm. the first team to beat them. Um, and we beat them 4-2 at Oldwell. And they, 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 they kind of fell away a little bit after that and stalled a little bit. So you kind of think, well, we've beaten them twice. The third time is going to be unlucky. <laughs> so and so, you just kind of knew 
you just knew what was going to happen and the distance between the two clubs, the history between the two clubs, you know, um, there's only about 12 miles between us and it's, um, it just, you just knew what was coming. Didn't think it would be quite in them circumstances and we did quite play very well to be fair. But yeah, you do kind of, as a football fan, you think surely we can't make it three in a row. It's just not meant to be, is it? <laughs> mm. And in terms of general um, expectations last season, was it a case of it just being a really good effort to get there at that point? Or was there some feeling of, it kind of was a par of what you were expecting from the season. So how did you judge the season as a whole last season? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it was a success. Um, when Duff came in, um, like you say, he'd had it, it, it kind of had stability where he'd gone as a player and then as a coach. And it, it took Cheltenham to the highest ever position in the history and he'd stuck around. He wasn't one for moving. He came and talked about it being a project and a three-year project. He got a three-year contract. He's not going anywhere famous last words um and he he i i some fans obviously don't like the fact that he's left but i understand it's football somebody comes in and probably trebles your wages and gives you a massive budget and says come and work in the championship and get us into the premier league then you're going to go aren't you you're ambitious but it did leave a bit of a bitter pill uh, to swallow but i think initially it's a bit where we're like at the minute with neil collins in charge we didn't know really what Michael Duff was going to do. We never, we, I'd predicted at the start of our show, the start of last season, that we'd probably be somewhere between seventh and ninth. I really wasn't sure when I saw like Derby, a lot of the clubs, Ipswich, Sheffield, Wednesday, Plymouth, those clubs, I thought it's going to be tough. And we, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how the style of football, the players were going to settle in. Um, and we only really started clicking in the Octo- late October. So uh, we were quite, nobody was getting carried away. But then we went on this fantastic run sort of October, November, December, and then in the spring as well. And um, we we just went along with it. You know, there was no expectations that we were going to walk, bounce straight back out of League One, no arrogance that, all oh, right, we've come down, we're going to go straight back up. Not at all. We were quite realistic, really. But it probably, we, in some respects, we over, I say overachieved. We didn't expect that in, in the August like I say, most people said at best we'll, we'll sneak into the playoffs. Uh, at best, uh, it, we thought it'd be um, a season to just kind of adjust. Everybody adjust. Let Michael Duff get you know and the players get used to each other, and then we'll go this season and we'll have a right good go at it. But we ended up kind of getting virtually, you know, as close as you possibly can do to to going up really. So uh, we certainly was. Uh, better than we expected in the August, I must admit. And how frustrating was that then to lose stuff at the end of the season? Because like you say, you're used to it. If you're going up or you're, you're successful in actually achieving that promotion to then go and lose your, your manager, your best players, or like you did yeah. have a really good season in the championship and lost everyone. You, you can kind of almost accept yeah. it on that basis. But when is when you're losing someone who's, you know, off the back of a, a season that didn't, get you that promotion how frustrating is that to have to go and start all over again oh it it just feels like um just going over all ground it there's there's a stat that um the last manager at Barnsley to do two seasons in a row was back in 2008 really that's how much that's yeah that's how much change we've had either either managers have not worked out and gone 
or they've done really well and been snapped up. And and this is it's just so frustrating. You're back back to square one again. You feel like we always knew in the summer that we would struggle to probably keep our skipper Mads Anderson, who who's gone to Luton. It was rumoured that um, he he was going to go that other season, season before, and he said, no, I'll give you 12 months, we'll have a crack at getting out of League One. And he did, to be fair to him. But the club honoured and said, right, you know, you've not, we've not gone up. So he was going to go. We had about five or six lone players. We knew most of them we probably couldn't afford um, and they were going to go and they did really well for us last season. Um, It's just so frustrating because... I mean, he kind of went in a heartbeat, and um, you you see, I see both sides. I'm old enough now and wise enough in football to know that you know, if I was in his shoes and somebody come of the statue of Swansea and and the opportunities got, plus the fact that his family still live in Cheltenham and he gets to go live nearer, but you know, be closer to them. I, I get it, but at the same time, we lose out and um, we've lost our better players. Uh, although for once we've we've kind of got as much as we can for some of them, whereas in the past we seem to have rolled over as soon as the first bid comes in and and they're gone for pittance. But we're back to this sort of four or five really good players go, and then a load come in, um, and you're starting all over again. You just it just feels like it's three steps forward, uh, two steps forward, three back. You, you know, there's no, where's the building? Where's the ambition? Um, and it, it's tough. But then I get that the board are not cash rich, probably. They're not particularly, it's expensive to run a football club and they've got to balance the books and we don't want to be another Derby or a Berry or a Bolton or a Wigan um, and nearly become extinct because we we um, spend beyond our means. But it it is very, very frustrating when you get, get something good because when we come back from, when we come back on the coach back from Wembley, yes, we were disappointed at losing and losing with three seconds of normal time to go. Um, but we were we were confident. We we felt if we could keep, we knew some would go. But we knew if we kept the nucleus of the side together with Michael Duff, we would have hit the ground running this this season and had a right good go at it. And then we end up it all just unraveling in the summer, and it and you're back to where we were twelve months ago before Duff come. Yeah, we'll talk about that summer in a minute. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back with Ian in just a minute. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back. We're still here with Ian Hope chatting all things Barnsley. Um, 
Ian, you talked about the summer just a second ago before the break. Neil Collins um, in as boss over the summer. What were your initial thoughts? Because it must have been a little bit left field from the outside. Absolutely. I was like, <laughs> who? <laughs> I must admit. Because you, you do you do try and pick up on like your local journalists and stuff and you know what, what they kind of tweet out or rumours that are flying. And there was, a, there was a few bigger names banded around um, that, we thought, would the board be able to afford them? But um, nobody ever, Neil Collins' name never, ever came up, not once, not even by the local journalists who kind of, you know, get ear on the ground and stuff. So to hear that, we were like, oh, that was a bit of a shock. Um, Not too, you know, surprising really, because the club have previously adopted a bit of a policy of going abroad for other managers or, and some players and trying to pick gems and mm. um, you know, people I haven't really heard of, but have, have kind of like Ishmael was one really who came from nowhere and, and did a great job. Um, we had Daniel Stendhal one year who, who got us out of the league one and into the championship, played great pressing football. So it has worked sometimes. Um, but then to go to like, you know, Neil Collins and John Steads, his assistant, uh, who many will probably remember as, uh, as a striker, but, they were in. They weren't even in the MLS. They were in the division below, uh, mm. managing. So you this, know, is t- no this is the Tampa Bay, t- Tampa Bay Rowdies that um, it was managing before. Right. Years, that yeah, year. so it, it was kind of straight on Google and, and Wikipedia <laughs> and trying to find out what you can about your new manager. Because <laughs> it's uh, was it Wolves that he made made his name for as a player mainly. He was spent a lot yeah, of time with Wolves, Sheffield United, and the. Um, but then United, yeah, and, yeah, he's been around. Yeah, ended his playing it, career in, in. Sorry, come. No, no, sorry, it, and and it's weird to think he's only just turned forty the other week. Yeah, so you know it's his first proper big managerial job, and only his probably second actual managerial job. Um, yes, he knows this league because he's played in this league, and he knows the area because he played in this area of South Yorkshire and stuff. But he's, he's only just turned 40. And, and, and you've got to sometimes remember as fans, he's still learning his trade and he's still very young and it's not like a Warnock or a, somebody who's been around the block a million yeah. times and stuff. It, you know, it's it's somebody new and it, and it will be a gamble. It will be a gamble. And, it, and, and I can see if it doesn't pay off, he'll be gone. <laughs> but if it pays off and he does really well, somebody will snap him up. <laughs> so, you know, I can't see him staying for too long because it just never happens like that at Barnsley. Yeah, so he's, he's finished his playing career with Tampa Bay Rowdies. So he's been there for quite a number of years now. He's spent five years now as manager. I think he may, may have been a little bit of playing manager at the start. But it's still, mm-hmm. you just wonder sometimes when you get a left-field appointment like this, where it comes from, don't you? It's like, where did the idea yeah. come oh, from? Yeah. How did it? How did they get in touch? Things like that. Yeah, it, it is. It baffles, it baffles me, really. And, and I suppose it's a bit like sometimes with the players. And, and like this this summer, we've kind of recruited quite a bit from National League or League Two. So they've picked, they've obviously cast in the net far and wide. But yeah, it was it was one that was nobody ever, ever got a, a sniff of his name was, was, was banded about at all. Now, whether that's the club keeping it under wraps, but nobody ever... Um, Nobody ever knew or heard of Neil Collins was being banded about at all. Um, where do you think that comes from? Is that just the type of owners they are? They'll, they'll just think outside the box. Yeah, they, they did. Um, the The ownership's changed slightly over the last couple of years. We, we had a, a board in for about four or five years who very much went. They do. 
they went certain European route, certainly with a lot of players as well, and tried to um, the cheaper market um, and try and turn them into gems and sell them and make a profit. Um, a couple of those board members have now gone. It got a bit, little bit toxic with some of them, and we've got a fresh board in who've been here about twelve months now. And they, to be fair, they're trying to unravel some of the mess that went on in the previous ownership. Um, they have looked a bit closer to home. I think certainly with some of the rules around Brexit and stuff and the football league, you can they've been forced to go a bit more uh, to the UK market and Ireland um, more now. Uh, but they do they, they seem to have a really good scouting network that some of the players you wouldn't have have thought of or picked up really, you know, picked up um, a lot of our deals have either been freeze really mm-hmm. um, recently. We, if we have spent, it's not been great, not been a lot of money. Um, when, you know, we're not been splashing cash right, left and centre. So, so in the summer, uh, you were talking about outgoings earlier, quite a few big mm. um, big players for you leaving. Liam Kitchen's gone to commentary. Um, got like some mad, yeah. Mads Anderson going to Luton, like you say, probably expected to leave. Bradley Collins going to commentary. Um, yeah. A lot of players released as well. Do you think that's, that's, um, that was needed over the summer to, to release so many players and to, to have a fresh go at it? Was it just a case of Neil Collins coming in and sort of sweeping the deck a bit? No, it, it, I think it. A lot of it was obviously Anderson was was good. Was always going to go. I think we knew that. Um, Kitchen apparently Coventry chased him all summer, um, and I think we got an original four million for him. He went on the last day. Um, Bradley Collins, the goalkeeper, I think he got his nose put out of joint because we've got Harry Eistead. We had Harry Eistead on loan from uh, January from Luton. And he was superb. He, uh, he was fortunate that Collins got injured and Eistead came in and was absolutely superb for us. We were going to sign Eistead and then I think when Duff went, he decided he went to Charlton instead. So we lost two goalkeepers in that respect because uh, Eistead went to Charlton and, and Collins thought, well, I'm, I'm off, I've had enough. Um, the whole defence from last year is pretty much gone, most of it. Um, and then the loan, we had quite a lot of loan players. Uh, Bobby Thomas, who was on loan from Burnley, he's gone to Coventry on a permanent. Um, we had we had a number of them, and they, like I say, they did really well. But um, we just couldn't afford to to sign them because we weren't going up into the championship. I think the the deal for Bobby Thomas, as an example, as a centre half, the the loan deal was we could have signed him, but Burnley wanted it, it had to be that he was in the championship. Um, but when we obviously didn't go up, then that deal, we were never going to be able to fund that deal. Um, and then James Norwood, who we had on a two-year deal, um, who had a great season last season, um, he suddenly went to Oldham, and apparently, and, and a few people were like a bit in up in uproar for that because he's quite. Um, we tend to sign younger players, and he was like, what well, they called him, granddad in the squad, but <laughs> we needed that older head. Um, but then the our chairman come out and said that he'd had a lot of offers from League One, League Two and National League and actually Oldham were prepared to give him the bigger contract and pay more wages than League One clubs. Mm. So he ended up taking that deal and we got at least, because he had 12 months left on, on his contract, we got a, we got money for him Whereas, and it just suited everybody. So it wasn't a case of probably clearing the decks. It was, it, we just couldn't afford them. It, by not going up, um, it changed, it altered our squad massively. It really did. Had we gone up, then I would have 
hazard a guess that at least 50% of that those players who went would have stayed or, or signed. Yes, it's a different world, isn't it, these days? We've struggled with it all yeah. summer. Just the fact that the you know, League Two and even National League level sides can come in for players and completely gazump you and get get, get them ahead of you yeah. just because they offer that bit more and they, they can offer more than a League yeah. One club can. It's it's unbelievable sometimes, some of the figures you hear getting yeah. banded around and stuff. Um, talking yeah. about one of your loan players, Liam Roberts coming in for you. How's he doing so far? Obviously, formerly of the Cobblers. Oh, doing well so far? Superb. Mm. He's absolutely superb. Um He's, it, it, we've taken to him massively. Uh, he's a fantastic shot stopper, first and foremost. He's quite good with his distribution as well, which um, was better than what Collins was. Um, and he, he, he seems really happy here. I mean, you see how he celebrates goals and stuff. He's properly invested in it. Um, I think I've heard that his contract is up next summer with Middlesbrough. So um, I'd like to, I mean, already, and we're only eight games in, I think we'd love to sign him permanently. Um, a big commanding goalkeeper, and like I say, a brilliant shot stopper. He, he settled in very, very well, uh, very quickly as well. Do you still give the G up to the away fans after an away win? Does he Does he, he used to do a big, oh, um, lo- a he, big Klopp style cheer at the end of every game that seems to have carried on now? For, for our keepers he, he, he loves it so, a couple of times when we've scored and he's just been like a fan on the pitch and I thought he's going to end up in the, he's going to end up in the stand in a minute he absolutely <laughs> loves it there's a couple of times I think when we, when we beat Port Vale on the opening game of the season he was doing it and then I went to Wigan the other week and we beat them 2-0 and at, at the end he was just uh, we scored like right late on and and I thought he was going to end up in the away end. He was just absolutely <laughs> loving it. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's been he's been a good again another good find. Nobody we hadn't really wasn't on our radar as goalkeepers. You know, looking how we're going to replace those two keepers, and uh, we got two in. Ben Killick was the other one from Hartlepool, but um, Liam Roberts is, has got the the number one jersey at the minute, and rightly so. I'm sure we get a warm welcome at Sixfields on, on Saturday. Some great things for us. <laughs> really good character to have around to the club. So, right. so um, definitely should um, should get a nice reception here. I would have thought on Saturday. But um, coming on to your season, you mentioned it briefly there. Uh, first time game of the season. Everyone's really up for it. Really excited. Could you, have, in any of your wildest dreams, think you're going to win the opening game seven nil? Where did <laughs> it's just an unbelievable no. start. It, it was Neil Collins' first game. I mean, he probably had a sleepless mm. night the night before. You just hope and pray as a manager that, that you, you get off to a winning start. But who'd have thought 7-0? But this story of this game was was bonkers because the first 20 minutes, it was all mm. Port Vale. They they absolutely mm. swamped us. We couldn't get out of, out of our own half. They should have had a penalty. Uh, Roberts made a, an, an absolute worldie of a, of a one-handed save from a header that was on top of the goal that um, how he kept it out, I don't know. And then we scored with our first attack and the game just changed and, and Port Vale kind of went to pieces. And everything we hit that day just went in. It really was not a 7-0 game. It was, um, they capitulated and we, it, like I say, it was literally every cross that went in the box ended up in the back of the net. It was just a freakish, a freakish result, and all all round. I think some of the stats even favoured Port Vale over you as well, didn't yeah. they? It was um, oh, yeah. like a mad, it, mad game. I, I feel, literally feared the worst first 20, 25 minutes. We could not get out of our own half, couldn't get going. They were passing it, they were slick. Like I say, they should have been one, if not two nil up. Um, but yeah, just the way they, they, said, they, they kind of fell away really um, in the game. But um, they seem to have bounced back since anyway. I think they're doing quite, they, they seem to have bounced back since that. 
uh, Port Vale. Yeah, flying, flying since then, aren't they? Um, yeah. You went on to draw um, Bristol Rovers next game, decent point down at Bristol Rovers. Then you lose uh, 3-1 at home to Peterborough and to Oxford, and then bounce back, yeah. like you mentioned earlier, 2-0 wins over Wigan, Cheltenham and uh, Burton uh, before Tuesday night's 3-2 defeat against Portsmouth. Yeah. So how do you kind of judge things so far under Neil Collins? Is it a little bit early to tell, or are you kind of getting an idea of how he's playing, what the season's going to be like? Yeah, he stuck with the three-five-two that we played under Michael Duff, um, and Devante Cole up front is on fire. I think he's got eight goals now in mm-hmm. eight games. Um, it's not last season. We were very much a very uh, pressing team. We to beat us, um, you had to match our work ethic. If you didn't match our work ethic, it didn't matter how good you were. We absolutely battered uh, Derby at home, Plymouth at home, Portsmouth at home. Um, Sheffield Wednesday at home we had some great away wins you had to at least match us uh, this season it's a little bit different we're a bit standoffish a bit more possession based bringing it out the back um, and I think sometimes we've had, we've had three defeats at home to very strong teams so Oxford Peterborough and, and Portsmouth but I think away form suits us a little bit I went to Wigan and we went to Wigan quite fearful really because Wigan had just won 4-0 at Bolton the week before and looked really mm. really good and then they looked quite Average. I know they had one sent off uh, after about half an hour, but um, we seem to suit that counter-attack and hitting teams with pace, whereas at Oakwell, the pressure's on us to have the ball and us to open teams up. And although we've, we've had a couple of wins at home, I think we kind of suit being away, really. Um, you know, the Cheltenham game, one of the goals was straight from a Cheltenham corner and we counter-attacked and scored at the other end. So we're seeing bits of it, but it's still very early days because we're going to see bad performances followed by a good performance. It won't settle down. Um, we had a we had a busy transfer window. We did bring a lot of players in. We have got competition for a number of places now. And, and I think he'll change it up on Saturday after what happened last night against Portsmouth. Um, there's... We probably won't see a settled Barnsley team and what he really can do, Collins, till about for another month. So probably another 10 games because he is he's only eight games into his tenure. Um, but yeah, you'll see us 3-5-2. You, uh, Cole's the goal threat. Nicky Cadden on the left wing back. Um, he struggles to get back a bit. Uh, a lot of goals we've conceded have been down our left, by the opposition's right-hand side. But he's got a hell of a left left cross on uh, left wing cross on mm. him, and he's really dangerous. Don't out let him have the ball anywhere near the area. Um, it's the uh, ex Forest Green midfielder. He is, he? yeah. We picked him up. Yeah. Uh, we picked him up on a free. Actually, it, I mm. like him. I think defensively he could be stronger, um, but he's a he's a he's a good player. And a hell of a left peg on him. Um, midfield last year of ours was was so strong, but we're missing Luca Connell, who's got an illness. Um, and the other ones, the other players, Herbie Kane, Adam Phillips, who were in midfield, who had a great season last season, just haven't hit the heights this year. So we've been a bit soft through the middle. Um, teams, they've left the defence a little bit exposed. And if you're going to hit us, hit us quick through the middle. So, or down, down our left seems to be our Achilles heel at the moment. I was going to come on to that. How how would we beat you on Saturday? What would you say? But you've just kind of given us the team talk yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so anything through the middle, down the left, so we can, yeah, yeah, we can get that, in behind Catherine, maybe. Yeah. Herbie Kane and John Russell in midfield sometimes get caught napping with the ball in the middle middle of the park. And if you can break quick through them and, and, and isolate our back three, 
Nicky Cadden up might be too far up the pitch. And you can get if you can get some really good one on ones or in good positions going forward, then you'll have a chance. I mean, don't get me wrong, Liam Roberts still needs to take 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 some beating. But um one of the stats uh, um in the first few games was he's he'd faced more shots than any other keeper because we had literally not protected him. Um yes, he'd done well saving a lot of them, but um that midfield is is a little bit weak and can get caught napping on the ball. Herbie Kane's not the quickest. John Russell's not the quickest at getting back. Like I say, if Cadden's too far up the pitch, we can be exposed. If we lose the ball higher up the pitch um, and you can break quickly, you'll cause us some problems. At the other end, Devante Cole, like I said, top scorer in the league with eight. Just how good is he this season? What's changed for him this season to make him so prolific so far? He just seems to be just clinical. I, I think he's a. I've always thought with Cole, he's a, he's a confidence player. He, he, he might be that, and I'm only guessing, he might be that type of player that needs the arm around him rather than the kick up the backside. Hmm. And um, last last year, I'd, I'd have said, um, he, I'd have never thought he'd have got, I think he got something like 16 goals or something last season. And I was really surprised, but Duff worked with him really well. And he, he's more to his game as well. If we if we play into his feet, he'll turn and run at run at players. Uh, whether we've played it wrong to him, he's trying to put long balls up to him because he he's not a player striker that will hold the ball up as big as he is. That would be more like a James Norwood would have done that. So he's just been clinical. He's he's been he, he literally is on top of his game. If the ball falls to him anywhere in that box, he will hit it and it. In it, you know, I think seeing a stat, it's something like ninety-two percent shot accuracy with him this season. So, um, you you need to be watching him because he is he's literally absolutely brimming with confidence at the moment. You've got one of um, one of our co-hosts on the podcast, Neil. Absolutely loves him, John McAtee. Um, he pointed him oh, out yeah. when he played for Grimsby. You've signed him. Um, was it is it on loan? You've signed him from yeah, on loan to the end of the yeah. season. Yeah, the end of the yeah. season. How's well, he getting on so far? A bit mixed, actually. He was a hero on the first game because his first game, he was on the bench against Wigan and he uh, he came off the bench and he missed virtually an open net, <laughs> which was embarrassing. But then within about two minutes later, he scored the second and winning goal. Well, we beat him 2 nearly scored it. And he'd become an instant hit with the fans. Since then, he's not really done a great deal. Um, s- struggled to settle in. Um, and we've we have we've got a real uh, abundance of strikers, to be honest. So I think he... Um, you know, one minute he's on the bench, then he's starting and, and Collins has rotated. Apart from Cole, Collins has rotated the other striker who partners Cole. We've got Max Waters in from Cardiff on a permanent mm-hmm. uh, in the summer. He was on loan last season to us. But he's not quite a hit the back of the net much. I think he's got one. So McAtee's been a little bit in and out, but he was an instant hero in the in the first in the first game. Come off against Wigan and we thought, wow, what a player. Uh, and I know Luton Town fans really, really rate him and think he'll do really well. Um, but yeah, maybe he's due another another great game for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else we should be fearing on Saturday? Um, we've got Sam Cosgrove, uh, another striker. He comes with a good reputation. Um, he came off the bench and changed the game at half time. We, uh, Collins made three three um, changes at half time. The three subs all made a positive impression. I, I expect them to start. If, if if I was Collins, I'd be starting them. Callum Styles, mm-hmm. who plays midfield, yes. was at Millwall on loan last season. Um, we thought he might have gone in the summer, but nobody came for him. He's um, he's he's too good for this division. So um, mm-hmm. he's a good player. 
Uh, I he's, um, he's the one that plays, plays for Hungary, doesn't he? He does, Styles, yeah. Does he? So he's originally yeah, from Bury in Lancashire. But I think through, um, <laughs> through family or somebody suddenly. But he played in the latest international break. He played 90 minutes in one of the games for Hungary. So he is getting mm. to play for him. Um, and, and I know he wants a, 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 um, a move to at least the championship, but he's nobody's come in for him. So he's going to have to knuckle down now. But there should be a place for him in the side. He's, he's too good for this division. Uh, mm. But he's been a little bit in and out at the start of the season. Uh, Cole, Cardin, Roberts, as you know, um, We've got a uh, lad Lapata centre half who's kind of almost like Madge Anderson's replacement. He's come in and done really well. Big physical, techno prisoners centre half. Uh, he, he's fans of warm to him. Um, but yeah, um, there's a few a few of the new ones. Like I say, Cosgrove looks like he could do could do a job for us uh, up front as well. So um, be interesting to see what the lineup is on um, on Saturday. But we've certainly got a bit more depth now. Our bench looked really mm-hmm. weak at the start of the season. And now Collins has got a lot of choice. Um, so don't be surprised for him to make a few subs if, if he needs to. And we can we can really do some good like-for-like subs now. We've got a, a lot more depth to our squad. We've been looking for strikers all over the place. Seems like you've got them all. You're hoarding them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> we have, and we've, and we've, we've let two go off on loan um, we, um, but because we've got too many. That um, Ollie Shaw has gone back up to Scotland. He's not quite hit it off yet since he came down from Kilmarnock. Um, but um, yeah, we, we've got two out on loan as well. So we've got two young lads. One's a local lad, Aidan Marsh, and another lad, Fabio Jallo, who's who plays for Portuguese, I think, under 21s, under 19s or something. Probably a bit too young to be playing every week, but he's another one who'll probably, who's, a, who's, who's got a really good career ahead of him. So we've got an abundance of strikers, but we need, we need to sort that <laughs> defence out after last night. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. We'll come on to predictions. Are you coming down for the game? Uh, I'm not, unfortunately, no, but um, I'll... Um, I, I wish I was because it would have ticked off a new ground, to be honest. But I'm not not able to mm. get down. Prediction wise, um, I, I thought it'd be one one last night. And it ended up being three two, so I got that completely wrong. Um, I th- I'll go two nil. Seems to be our favourite scoreline at the minute. I'm hoping we get a positive reaction from what happened as a disastrous first half last night. We were better in the second half. I'm hoping there's a reaction and I'll go 2-0, Barnsley. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely feels like when you lose, you don't go on a sort of winding, miserable run, doesn't it? It, it does yeah, seem like yeah. you bounce back pretty well. Um, yeah. I've got a bad feeling about the game. game. Have you? Yeah. yeah. I've just got, from from like looking into you as a team and everything like that and the players that you've got that could hurt us, I've got a little bit of a bad feeling about it. But And with Liam Robertson goal, obviously, he'll probably save about three penalties or something like that <laughs> on the weekend. Um, but I'm going to go for an ambitious draw, I think. And I'm going to go 1-1, I think, this week. It, um, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, I w- it won't, I'm saying 2-0, but it, it, I'm, that's in the hope that we kind of shake off dust ourselves down from the Portsmouth defeat. It wasn't so much that we lost to them. It was the first half performance. We were 3-0 down in 17 minutes. Just absolutely mm. disastrous. Um, if But then who's to say we don't end up in a bit of a battle on Saturday and it could be a 1-1. It could be a really... T- I, I sense it might be a tight affair. I really don't think... I'm not thinking, oh, there's going to be goals galore or anything like that. I think 2-0 or 1-0 or a 1-1. You know, I think it's going to be... A, I think you'll give us a... I think you'll, you'll, you'll be up for it and give us a game. So... Um, It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. 
Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us, Ian. Anything you want to plug before you go? Um, So our podcast, Reds Report, um, we have a website, redsreport.co.uk, and the uh, podcast is in all the usual places. Just search Reds Report and you'll find it. Guess they're all the best for the season, Ian. Obviously, apart from Saturday and the return game as well. It's the last game of the season, yeah. isn't it? The return. return uh, I think it is quite late <laughs> on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, no, no. Cheers for having us on, and uh, I hope uh, I hope we have a good season. Apart from Saturday, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Patrons, your from the vaults blog is out now, and our match preview is up on cobblers2me.com for everyone as well. Uh, good luck to the cobblers this weekend and to NTFC women, of course, who travel to Sporting Causa for their next game on Sunday. We'll be back on Tuesday with all our reaction to the weekend games. We'll see you then. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.